Brian Rundle, and this is another edition of Run's House. I hope everybody had a nice Mother's Day weekend, quarantine edition. I hope even through these times you were able to spend some time with some loved ones and some family and, and were able to have a great day. Unfortunately, there was a mother out there, I'm assuming, did not have the greatest Mother's Day, and that is the mother of Ahmad Arbery. Just two days before Mother's Day would have been Mr. Arbery's 25th birthday. I am sure most of you know the story of Mr. Arbery by now. It is yet another unfortunate incident that makes us have to question race again in this country. Now, even though you know the story, I'm going to go over a few facts as I know them up until the recording of this podcast. And then I have a few opinions. So during the fact-finding session, I'm sure it's going to be pretty easy to figure out just exactly what stance I'm taking on this one. But we're going to go through them anyway. So Ahmad Arbery was a former high school football athlete, liked to stay in shape. And by all accounts, he was an avid jogger. He liked to jog. And one day, he decided he was going to go jogging through what appears to be a predominantly white neighborhood in Brunswick, Georgia. As he was jogging, for some unknown reason, he stopped in a home that was still under construction, and one of the residential neighbors saw him in this particular home and called 911. The 911 operator asked his description and also asked what he was doing. The gentleman who made the initial 911 call did not necessarily have a response other than he's just running away now. So apparently a couple other people who live in the neighborhood got word that there was a gentleman in the neighborhood and he looks suspicious. Now the two gentlemen's names I'm not going to say on this podcast because I just really don't feel like giving them the attention any more than, than they already have gotten or any more than they deserve. So, during this fact-finding session, I am just going to refer to them as Billy Bob and Cletus. So, Billy Bob and Cletus hear about this suspicious jogger. So, they're going to take the law into their own hands. They're not even sure what law's been broken yet, but dagnabbit, they're going to take care of it. So, of course, they hop in their pickup truck with a rifle and a handgun and get to the bottom of this. Now, there are no indications that Billy Bob or Cletus called 911 first. They were just going to handle it themselves. So they see Mr. Aubrey jogging, and they try to get him to stop. He keeps running. So they pull the truck up further. They stop the truck in the middle of the road and block Mr. Aubrey's path. A scuffle then ensues with Mr. Aubrey and Cletus, Billy Bob standing in the back of his pickup truck. And after a scuffle of a few minutes... Mr. Aubrey lied in the street dead, like a scene straight out of a John Grisham novel. Billy Bob and Cletus claimed to the police that they were attacked and had to use force in order to stop Mr. Aubrey. They also told the police that he looked like a suspect in a series of neighborhood break-ins. Now, a few news outlets reached out to the police department in the area and asked them about those very home break-ins, and there were none reported between January 1st and February 23rd, the date of this shooting. Also turns out Billy Bob was a former police officer and investigator in the town. 
So his word seemed to go a long way, and it was decided that no charges were necessary. So this is where we go from the John Grisham novel part of the story to the Dukes of Hazard part of the story. So the police did their investigation, decided no charges were necessary. Well, of course, lo and behold, as most of these cases emerge, out comes a video of the altercation. Now, keep in mind, even with video evidence, they were not going to prosecute Billy Bob and Cletus. So the original prosecutor, we're going to call her Daisy Duke. Now, I know Daisy Duke wasn't a bad guy in the show Dukes of Hazard, but she was the only female that I could think of from that show, and I won't get into why, but she just was. So Daisy Duke had to recuse herself because she used to work with Billy Bob as an investigator and passed the case along to Boss Hogg. Now, Boss Hogg had to recuse himself as well because the mother of Mr. Aubrey said it would not be fair because his son was an investigator in a case that Mr. Aubrey was involved with in the past. But even though Boss Hogg decided he was going to recuse himself, for some odd and bizarre reason, he wrote a letter saying that he looked at the evidence and saw no reason to file any charges against Billy Bob and Cletus. The good old boy network is in full effect. At least it appears that way. Things can change. I'll fully admit that. But as of this recording right now, this is how I feel. And that's what I'm going to roll with. I am a gambling man and I usually do not judge a book by the cover, but I'm, I'm going to roll the dice on this one. Something doesn't seem right. And this country's been through this before. So, the third prosecutor, Roscoe P. Coltrane, comes around. And he took over. He planned. He said he was going to present the case to a grand jury. And he requested an investigation from the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. It took them all of two days to arrest Billy Bob and Cletus. Now, it is not yet clear the role of the gentleman who took the video. So... I don't really have much to say about him because I, I have not read anything about his role other than he took the video and he showed a police officer the video minutes after they arrived on the scene. What I do know up to this point is when they did get to the scene, there were no weapons on Mr. Aubrey. There was no indication that he stole anything from the property they said he was hanging out in. Nor, again, is there any indication that Billy Bob or Cletus made an original 911 call. Now, like all these cases, there are two sides, and I think it is fair to look at the other side. One thing I hear people saying is that in the state of Georgia, you can make a private citizen's arrest, which is true. The problem with that is you have to see a crime actually being committed. Billy Bob and Cletus, by all indications, saw nothing. All they heard was there was a guy who was black, he was in the neighborhood, he was running. That's the facts we know up to this point. There's also a stand your ground law, where if you feel like your life is in danger, you can use your weapon, your gun, and shoot the person who is attacking you. Now, the problem with stand your gun laws, you can't just go up and pick a fight with somebody and then shoot them when you're losing the fight. The stand your ground law is for, let's say you're sitting at a light and somebody comes up to your window with a gun and says, get out of your car. And you just happen to have a gun. You open the car door and you shoot that guy. I don't care what color you are, black, white, yellow, green. You're probably going to win the case. Billy Bob and Cletus 
have no ground to stand on, in my opinion. Also, we're going to hear reports of Mr. Aubrey's mental health and his criminal past. He had a few things when he was a teenager and a few years after that. So what we need to do, of course, is we need to paint the picture of the scary black guy. Because in some portions of white America, and black guys can be scary, gotta watch out for him. By all indications, Billy Bob and Cletus knew nothing about his prior issues with mental health or with the law. What we're also going to hear is a comparison of black deaths in the city of Chicago. That's a favorite of a lot of the defenders of the Billy Bobs and Cletuses of the world. They're going to say, well, six black guys died at the hands of another black guy yesterday. America says nothing. One guy dies and all America's up in arms. This comparison drives me insane because let me explain it to you this way. So there's an Italian, or there was an Italian mafia at some point in the United States. And families used to go to war with each other. So let's say there are many reports that come out that show many Italians dying at the hands of other Italians in what appears to be mafia-related. Now let's also say there seems to be a systemic problem across the country of police officers stopping Italian-Americans and Italian-Americans dying at the hands of police officers when they're unarmed. The two are not relatable, okay? What happened with the mafia and what happened with a guy who happens to be Italian is not the same thing. Now, Yes, in Chicago, there is an issue and a problem with gang violence, but that is not a representation of the entire black community. So if there is a criminal element that you're comparing to a non-criminal element, it makes no sense and it holds no water. So stop using that ridiculous comparison. It is terrible what goes on in Chicago. And by the way, from what I have seen, many black activists are doing everything they can to stop the violence in Chicago. They're not ignoring it. So let's stop with the false equivalency. It's not the same thing. But here we are again in yet another ugly incident that clearly involves race. And there will be outrage, but unfortunately... I'm not sure there ever will be a solution. Racism will be around for as long as all of us live, unfortunately. It's just an unfortunate part of life that makes no sense to many of us. But to some people, it's perfectly reasonable. But there are a few things, in my opinion, that I think we should be doing. We should be shaming racists and racism to its core every single day shaming it. That sometimes gets a lot of people's attention. You shame the hell out of them. Let them know it will not be tolerated. And what do I mean by shaming them? You know, it's easy to say just shame them, but what what solutions are you bringing? Well, for one, you know the guy who owns the bakery and says he is not going to serve anybody who's gay because of his religion. And I will say one thing. I will support his stance not to serve anybody in his establishment that he feels like he doesn't want to serve. I'll support it. Doesn't mean I agree with it. 
I would never go into that store because it's just stupid. It's a stupid policy in my opinion, but I'll support your right to do it. But every single establishment, corporations, small businesses should have signs every day that say, we do not allow racists. Now, we don't know whether somebody walking in and out is a racist, but you know how they'll get down to some racist people when they see that sign. They'll start getting a little angry. So, well, I ain't going to go into that establishment. Well, good, because we don't want you. You are not a welcome into this establishment. Racism is not welcome. I want to see every single NFL player next season take a knee during the national anthem. What do you think about that? You know, go into it before and go, look, we love our country. This is not a stance against the flag. It's not a stance against the soldiers. It is a stance against racism. We are going to take a knee. We're still going to put our hands over our hearts. We're still going to sing the song. But we are going to protest in unison and let you know that if you're watching our games, you are our fans. We do not tolerate racism. And before any of those angry racists want to call DirecTV and cancel their NFL Sunday ticket, I say DirecTV should get a heads up that they're going to do that. And then DirecTV should call every single person that has NFL Sunday ticket and say, if players take a knee to protest racism, is that going to bother you? If he says yes, then you cancel his subscription before he has a chance to do it. Tell him we don't want you watching our product. How about that? I don't know. I, I just don't know if we do enough to shame racist and racism in this country. And this isn't me trying to be the white savior for the black community. I promise you, they don't need me. I'm just a human being who happens to care about other human beings. There does not seem to be a value on life sometimes with people. And that's really concerning. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody that you were speaking to and they've made a comment about Iraq or Iran or something like that and say, they just need to go over there and bomb the hell out of them. They just think that those are worthless human beings over there that need to die because the perception is all people in Iraq, all people in Iran hate America and want them to die. Well, that is just not the case. If you do your homework and you do your research, you would find out that all people from Iran All people from Iraq do not agree with their government. Unfortunately, their government's a little bit different than ours. They don't want anything to do with this. They're just regular families, just like ours, that get up every day, they go to work, they have young children, they love their kids, they love their families, they love being with each other. But no, over here, go and bomb them, go and kill them. And sometimes I think that there are people in the white community that look at people in the black community as somebody that is less than they are. I see it. I'm, I'm, listen, I hang out with white people my whole life. I've seen it. I've heard it. I work in a industry where you got to pull credit. And as I'm pulling credit, happens to be a black person I'm pulling the credit for. Oh, there's always that guy that walks in and says, oh, what is Shaniqua? A 450 score? And I'd say, Well, first of all, her name's Denise. Second of all, no, she's not. Third of all, what's your credit score, Big Mouth? And they could have a worse credit score than the person that I'm talking about, and they'll still think that they're superior because they're white. It is a mentality for some people in the white community. 
If you are white, you are right. And that still goes on in 2020. It's, it's mind-blowing. So when they see the death of the young man, Mr. Avery, they don't equate it with what would happen if that were their son. They don't look at it the same way. And that's a big problem. I mean, imagine sitting at home and the phone rings and getting a phone call that your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, whoever it was, was shot and killed while they went out jogging. Just imagine it as a white person. The whole family and your world would be shattered. It's no different with somebody of color. However, the difference is the black community has been screaming about stuff like this for, say, I don't know, 200 plus years. And to dismiss it as if it's nothing is not offensive to me as a white person. It's offensive to me as a human being. What is that? What is this? What are we doing? I don't know. And what really sucks is this is going to happen again. Another story will happen just like this one. And we'll have to go through this again. Well, first of all, let me back up. When I say we, I mean us as Americans. It is nothing in comparison as to what the black community, I'm sure, has to go through. And it just sucks. It really sucks. But on top of this, we all are still going through the pandemic here and what to do, what not to do as far as opening the economy, keeping it closed. And at this point, it really is a tough call. Now, from a logistics standpoint, it's not a tough call as far as keeping it closed in order to get the coronavirus to fade out at some point. However, now there's over 20 million people unemployed. Many businesses are going to have to shut its doors because of something that had nothing to do with them. And the unfortunate thing is we are going to have to reopen the economy at some point, coronavirus or not. And what really sucks about this is something that I've been saying for weeks is the incredibly terrible response by this president that needs to follow him every single day up until November. This is something that we cannot let Americans forget. He put us in this situation. There are no ifs ands or buts about it. There is no arguing this point that Donald Trump has put us in this mess. But we also cannot keep people out of work. And of course, every single state is different. Every area of the state is different. Some places have less cases, some places have more cases. And it'll be way more difficult to open up the economy in the places with way more cases, of course. But we're at a point now where it's too late to do the right thing. So either way may be the wrong thing right now. Keeping the economy closed or reopening it. There's no winning answer now because we have a loser of a president. But I'm certainly not going to root for more deaths. I'm not going to root for the economy to be bad just to make Donald Trump look bad. Because I think he's already done a fantastic job of doing that himself. I don't think we're in danger of, let's say, the economy clears up by August or September and the death rates and everything go down. I don't think we're in any danger 
of now all of a sudden everybody thinks Donald Trump's this great hero. I think the people who think Donald Trump is a hero, they're already in the bag for him. We, there's no getting that, those people. But people are going to remember this. They're going to remember that he let people die no matter how good everything looks in August, September, or October. And there's a very good possibility it could look a lot worse. And again, I'm not rooting for that at all. Because as I said earlier, I do care about my fellow citizens. And more deaths and more unemployment and the economy being bad is bad for all of us. So what do we do? Do we reopen the economy? Do we keep it closed? I'll tell you one thing. You have a community, as I was talking about earlier, of African Americans in this country who just want to go out for a jog and not get shot dead by a Billy Bob and a Cletus. Meanwhile, there's other people in this country, their biggest problem right now is they have to wear a mask when they go inside the store. Are you kidding me? This is your biggest problem? They're starting to finally do what you want. They're going to open up the economy, but they have to take some steps in order to do it. And one of those steps is, please wear a mask. You're not where I live, and this might be where you guys too. They are actually suing the county because the county is requiring when you walk into a place of business that you must wear a mask. What is wrong with people? This is their biggest problem. Holy, whatever. Listen, this is not the greatest time in American history, but as we do. And we always do. We will get through it. But, you know, on the other end of it, the issues that I spoke about earlier, I'm not sure we ever will get through it. I hope there are improvements. I hope people become better every single day. And every day that I wake up, all I do is try to be a better human being to this planet. And I think that's all that really matters. Do what's right. Put some love in your heart. That's all it takes. My favorite group of all time, the Beatles, say, all you need is love. Love is all you need. So once again, as always, I want to thank everybody for downloading this podcast and listening. I'll tell you, I really have had a great response from a lot of great people. I really do appreciate it. I, in fact, I was going to do a Twitter shout out every week, but I'm getting so many people responding to the show that it's going to be difficult to do that. But I did leave out one guy last week that I can't believe I did. He's my fellow Mets fan, Suad Deljanin. He's been very kind, very nice. So I wanted to give a special shout out to him because I forgot. And let me add this with, uh, with him as a Mets fan. LGFM. He knows exactly what that means. But again, I want to thank everybody so much for the positive response um, and the people who retweeted out the show and took the time to send me a direct message or whatever the case is. I really do appreciate it. It does make me want to continue to do this. So if you do have any more feedback, if you do have any more uh, questions, if you have any advice, if you have anything I'm always willing to listen. If there's a particular subject that you'd like to hear about that I think would be interesting for the audience, I'd love to hear that as well. Also, if I could ask another favor, if you could, first of all, follow me on Twitter at brun13. Also, if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber, 
If you could leave me a nice rating and a review, I would appreciate that as well. And if you do see the show on Twitter and you see me post, if you can retweet it as many times as you can, I'd appreciate it. That obviously helps me a lot. I'm trying to promote the show as much as I can. And the difference between now and 30 days ago has been a big difference. And it really is because of a lot of the help that I've gotten from you guys who have been listening. So again, I truly do appreciate it. And I will be back again on Friday with a Bar Talk edition. And of course, next Monday, we'll talk some more politics and current events. So thank you guys again for listening. I really do appreciate it. And we will see you next time.